Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. I put them cheeses in the hummus. I was on the plane. Oh my god. Oh my god. Sorry, my body is just remembering what the fuck it felt like for the first time. Hi, I'm Eric. I'm Brittany. And we are For Colored Nerds. For Colored Nerds. Yes, which is basically uh the conversations that black people have and white people are not around. Except we record them. Yeah. And put them out into the internet. Yes. For the world to hear. <laughs> yeah. So, this week... Yeah. Eh, it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> this week sucked. Yeah. So, in light of that... Yeah. We're going to talk about the things you've probably already heard about. We're going to touch on Rachel Dolezal. A little light touch. Yeah. A love um, tap, if you will. <laughs> sadly, I think we're going to get into Charleston. A little bit. But because we want to change things up a bit... Yeah. Try to approach some lighter fare than what we usually do. Yeah. And also because we need it this week. Yeah. We're going to tell you a bit more about what we're thankful for. Yes. So. With that said, on to the show, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, Brittany, you say you had something to say. <laughs> oh. It's been a really interesting week. Just with everything that's been going on. So much. So much. So, 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 so much. But I saw something really interesting. We hung out yesterday evening, you'll recall. Yeah. And we separated, and I went with um, two other folks back to our neighborhood, which is your former neighborhood. Yes. And, you know, we had to get uh, on the L train and take it to the G. L train Friday night. So much fun. So much fun. (laughs) And it was kind of early. Like, we had just kind of, like, done something kind of low-key. I think I was coming back at, like, 11. Um, So it wasn't completely fucking buck wild yet. But as I was getting off the train at Lorimer, walking to whatever, Metropolitan it is on the G, whatever the fuck. On this week of all weeks, I saw a white woman Mm -hmm. with box braids. Now... Box braids for the uninitiated are the braids that, like, well, a lot of times people call them poetic justice braids. Yeah. Janet Jackson wore them in the early 90s. I mean, like, who wasn't wearing them in the early to mid 90s? Like, they were a super popular hairstyle. Um, and they made a reemergence. You know what? Actually, I'm going to give D.C., Washington, D.C., credit where it's due. They were doing box braids for a, like, for a while. Yeah. I want to say the high school kids down there were doing box braids in, like, 2006, 2007. Yeah. Um, they made a really, I'd say, really huge resurgence maybe in the past like three or four summers, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, your your average black girl. So this yeah. this week, so, right, so um, um, <laughs> this week I saw a white woman walking toward me. She was probably about my age. And at first I was like, you know what, let me not, you know what I'm saying? Because like even I, I got family members who it's not like if you see them immediately, you know, I got friends. It's not like if you see them immediately, you're going to know off that, you yeah. know what I'm saying, that they're black. But I gave her a good old hard look, right? The kind of look that people maybe should have given Rachel Dolezal. But I gave her a good old hard look and I was like, no, this, no. <laughs> no, you're really doing this. You're really doing this. Like, no, you're an actual white, you're an actual white woman. You actually have box braids. So my body tensed up and I got stressed. And like I've said before, I talk a good game, but I'm not a fighting woman. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have the physical ability. But I did give her the look because I have a look and I'll also say this as well. I think maybe you've heard me ask people this question. Do you have a fucking problem? I gave her the look of, do you have, I made eye contact with her. And I was with another black woman yeah. and I didn't know that she had seen it either, but we confirmed after the fact that we had both given her the, do you have a fucking problem look? Yeah. It's like, I'm going to tell you something right now. Speaking directly to white women who feel the need to get some Bo Derek raggedy ass cornrows. Yeah. On or, whatever or locks. Car- or lock. Oh, Jesus Christ. Or locks. Or box braids or whatever the fuck. First of all, don't. 
Um, second of all, they don't look cute on you, so don't get to get in any ideas. They don't. They don't look cute on you. They are not for you. If you need exhibits, Twitter, Google Images, chock full of photos of your girl Rachel. If you think you should get box braids, locks, uh, or cornrows, you should ask Twitter. Say, <laughs> ask Twitter. Po- post a, a picture of yourself and say, "Hey, Black Twitter hashtag." <laughs> Is, I really want these locks. Is this a good idea? Yeah. Do you think this is the look for me? And uh, people will advise you on the on the best way to go. Uh, yeah, they definitely will advise you on the best way to go. So, yeah. Actually, Eric brings up a really good point. That was a really good – that's kind of like a nice little bumper. That's like yeah. a nice little bumper, a little safeguard um, to kind of keep you airing on the side of right. But just, bitch, don't do it. Um, <laughs> like, seriously, don't do it. So, I mean, I think that's a good summation of – your feelings on yeah. kind of some of the events over the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, I mean, we got a lot of requests on Twitter. I, th- I feel like every black person with a platform has gotten <laughs> like, yeah, gotten like f- at least 15 to 20 tweets saying, so what are you thinking about Richard Dolezal? Yeah, I mean, that goes double for Ja Rule. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I just don't have, I just don't have the words to give or devote Actually, someone who did have the words, someone who had some some excellent words mm-hmm. strung together and some nice sentences. Mm-hmm. Crystal. So uh. if you want to hear if you want to hear my thoughts, <laughs> listen to the first like what fifteen minutes of the read. Yeah, listen to the first fifteen minutes of the read. I think it was not this past. Maybe it's a couple. By the time this episode drops, it'll maybe be yeah. two weeks or week week or two old. Yeah. Yeah. I, hell, actually, I'm gonna find the episode name. Go ahead. Go on that phone. Go on that. Uh, what is it called? The Apple Podcast app. I should yeah. know this. Right next to. To for colored nerds, yeah. <laughs> You'll also find the read "Imitation of Life." Because yeah. the thing is, we don't, we don't often shout out good work, like other than ours, yeah. you know. But sometimes you you like you really got to be like, yo, yeah. You need to go listen to somebody else's shit because yeah. it's real fucking good. <laughs> yeah, go listen to the read "Imitation of Life" because it's excellent. It's excellent. It's, I mean, it's excellent every week, but it's spoke to my spirit mm. in the midst of this madness. Mm-hmm. All right, that's. That's my feelings on that. I think that's all that, that needs to be said for me. That's, Did you have anything else? Uh, I have nothing else. I think I, oh, I will say I had one other question that I asked you on Twitter. And I know that they located the tanning salon that Rachel Dolezal was frequenting. But <laughs> like my question. Yeah. My question is, oh, I'm sorry. I asked you this and I'm still just so curious. That straw set. <laughs> that's all. Anybody who has tips about Rachel Dolezal's straw sets. Actually, don't bring them to me. I'm not a journalist. Maybe. <laughs> Give it a Don Lemon. I don't. I don't fucking know. But just if you have any tips about Rachel Dolez, or like if she was doing the shit herself, I think she probably was. She said she got into doing from like her adoptive family members. Mm. She would like do their hair or something. She started just doing it to herself. Interesting. I will say she this. Got real familiar. I will say this. This is a hot take, and this is the last thing I want to say on the topic. Hot take. Had had Rachel Dolezal not been caught, hundred percent sure she would have had a fire YouTube channel. With- <laughs> With do it yourself, you part with right and, yeah. makeup tutorial, makeup tutorial, yeah, oh yeah. I definitely think she would have had the the fire natural hair YouTube channel. <laughs> just Outfit saying. of the day, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Today in blackness, today in blackness, and then for those who are so inclined, uh, you know, a lot of times natural hair Twitter goes along with, like real strong with the exercise and the Bible quotes. It's like a yeah. triumvirate. <laughs> So, staying woke with your girl Rachel D. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's all we got for that. Oh man! So sadly, like the thing is, it's just too much fucking. Go- like yeah, like we just need some fucking time, man. We need a break. <laughs> yeah, like we need a break. It's just too much going on, and like we're talking lightly because we don't know how to. Yeah, like I'm emotionally just spent exhausted um but sadly as you also know there were some amazingly tragic and terrifying events in charleston yeah recently and all i can say uh-huh. is that uh it's a, there's a lot going on in this country and there's a yeah. lot that we as black people i think prepare ourselves for you know like I'm I'm prepared to experience a certain sec like segment of circumstances mm-hmm. because of just what I know this country to be. But certain like certain things just go outside the realm 
of like what you're prepared to deal with and what we should have to deal with. Not that we should have to deal with the other shit, but like this is like this Charleston thing is just something, something else. Yeah. And it's frustrating because the best words I've seen used to describe it are domestic terrorism. Uh, Yeah. And it's been frustrating to see, you know, people fight, white people fight to deny that label when this man's clear goal was to inflict fear for the purpose of triggering black people and yeah. killing black people. Yeah, he was looking he was looking to exterminate us. He was looking to send a fucking message. Yeah. What freaked me out the most cuz when it, I had like a I had had like a kind of an early night on um on Wednesday. So I was asleep. Same. I didn't really know about it until I woke up. And I didn't I didn't get out of bed for like 45 minutes hour. And what knocked me on my ass was that we've spent so much time, especially too like in the in the wake of Khalif Browder, do you yeah. know what I mean? Talking about state violence and talking about how many of us are killed at the hands of the police or at the hands of the state or at people who or, or at the hands of people who feel like they're acting as an extension of the state or b- people who f- who are fearing um fearing us. Almost like a wrong place, wrong time. Like and, and that's being extremely kind and putting it that way, but yeah. sort of like you met the wrong like wild racist white person and the and the and the like the wrong wild racist white person like caught you at the wrong moment do you know what i'm yeah. saying it these were kind of like these things that were like i i wouldn't call them totally random acts because like the conditions are always right yeah. but still it was like these happens happenstance kind of situations but this was like a, a premeditated act like this on yeah. such a scale um that was such a blatant attack on black life and that's not something I think that I'm actually used to in my lifetime. It's no. something that felt very – I realized that that kind of violence – like when you talk about we're, we're uh, ready to deal with a certain set of circumstances, that kind of violence was not something that I was acquainted with. And I didn't really know how to feel. Like like this is a Bible study. Like my parents are retired. And I think Wednesday is always Bible study yeah. for everybody. My parents go to 11 a.m. Wednesday morning Bible study. And I usually call them every morning somewhere between 8 and 10 o'clock. But on Wednesday mornings, I don't because I know where they're on their way to Bible study or they're there early or whatever. And, like, I, that's a space that I know intimately. Like, neither one of yeah. us really goes to church. I'm not especially religious. But that's that's a, still a place in my life that's very important. It's a space that's important. My parents' home church, there is a room in the basement that's named after my, my mother's mom, my, my grandmother and my sister and sister-in-law who are both queer women of color. My, that's where I was with my family when my sister-in-law got baptized by another queer woman of color who is a longstanding member of my church family. That is, it's an important space for me. And, and also not only that, like it's, um, it's a welcoming space, which is how they're even able to welcome this this young, mongrel, disgusting fucking murderer into their space in the first place. Because it's almost like um, Adam Serwer had some really good words. I probably retweeted a couple weeks ago when he was talking about Rachel Dolezal. But saying, like, the welcoming umbrella of blackness is like, if you're trying to meet us halfway, if you want to be in our space, if you fuck with us, we'll, we'll welcome you. We're pretty welcoming fucking yeah. people, which is why Rachel Dolezal, if people even felt like there was some racial ambiguity, but she was down for the cause. I'm speaking from, you know, pre pre her, you know, her parents calling her out and like, right now she's fucking white. But if she was down to hang out with us, people were welcoming her into our space. If this young man wanted to attend church, they were down to welcome him into their space. My my view of church has always been that way. So to to have somebody sit with them for an hour, sit with people who are like my cousins and my aunties and my, my parents for an hour and worship with them only to 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 murder to murder them in cold blood um, in such a premeditated fashion. I cannot I cannot describe to you how unsafe that makes me feel because there is there's nowhere there's nowhere that I can be. There's nowhere that I can be. Churches in general have always been our safe space. Mm-hmm. That's always been, it's been one of the few places we've been allowed to congregate. It's been one of the few places we've been allowed to congregate like by our like by ourselves, like to have some space for us. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's especially relevant in the context of Emmanuel, this this particular church. Yeah. 
you know, because there were periods where they weren't allowed, like they had supervision in the church. They eventually, like at one point they burned this church down Mm -hmm. and it was rebuilt and it became this symbol. You know, it became this symbol. When you say they burned this church down. White, white people. Right. You need to be as specific as possible. I'm (laughs) like, it's this church means something. And I don't think this was lost on him. Oh, no. It's significant that in his mission or quest or whatever the fuck it was Mm -hmm. to inflict terror Mm -hmm. that he chose this symbol of black perseverance, Hmm. this symbol of black cultural unity. It's not surprising to me at all, but it's still really, really fucking sad. I mean, you talk about church for you. It's the same way for me. It's the same way for me. That's where you that's where you were. You know, that is where you were. That's those are the spaces where we saw the most of us, like where I saw the most black people at one point where I learned a lot of the cultural norms that I like that make that that make me feel complete. Mm -hmm. You know, you get those from church. Yeah. So to to see an attack on that is like you said, you know, I don't think I don't think we have the tools. Uh -uh. And to be like, to be frank, I'm. I think it's important that while we are like while we can grieve, we have to understand the intent and try to find some sort of way to not let these spaces lose, lose that comfort, that safeness for us. You understand? Because that's, yeah. that's what terrorists. That's what that's what he's trying to do. That's yeah. what he was trying to do. He wants to ruin those spaces for us by attacking something symbolic, something important to us. And it's just important that, like, no matter what is done, that we preserve that internally because it's important. It's important. I don't like you said, I don't even go to church that often. Yeah. You know, but I'll be damned if someone is going to attempt to ruin that. Yeah. Experience that place for me. For people who look like me, yeah. For my kids, for my family, for you know, for my my, like you said, my mom, yeah, my dad. Like, no, no. Yeah, there's um, we both have yeah, we both struggled with this, and actually, um, I thought I thought of you particularly that morning, and and actually that night you talked about shouting out good work. Your wife wrote oh uh, the most beautiful and heartbreaking essay. About what it's like, because, you know, you guys are, it's like any day now. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> any day now about what it's like to 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 reach, you know, the full term of your pregnancy on a day like on a day like that. Yeah. Where just being reminded that that's like that's our national climate and this is the world that you're bringing a young, a little black girl into. <sighs> you talk about like preserving spaces and 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 making sure that we keep keep those spaces hallowed for ourselves and 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 try to regain some semblance of safety and comfort in the places where so many wish to see us exterminated and fearful you know we are uh, if we can't do an entire episode on this <laughs> and we're not and, and we're not going to just like i don't know i don't know i guess i just don't know if there's a good way for me to, if there's a if there's a good way for me to express that we don't we're, I'm at. I think we're both at a point where we don't really know what to do, and we're at a point where, yeah, like I said earlier, the conditions that we're seeing now are things that we, that just haven't necessarily presented themselves on such a large scale in our in our lifetime. Like this, it harkens back to you know the four little girls church bombing, yeah, and you know and, and all the other church bombings that happened back in the day. I mean, going back, <laughs> going back to. Uh... That essay, you know, we I mean, obviously we talked we talked before then. We've and sadly we've had this conversation a lot. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on in this world. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. And I don't know how to I don't know how to prepare her for something like this. And I shouldn't fucking have to. I should not have to. No. And and I'm fucking sick. Like, I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm sick of this shit. Like. I don't want to have to have these conversations with my wife. To take a step back, there's been a lot of stories produced about talking to your child about race. Mm-hmm. And and don't get it twisted. I'm talking to, to her about race from an early age. But what I realized 
is I'm trying to, you know, my wife and I are trying to wrap our heads around how to present things that are so traumatic to her as early as possible so she can be prepared as early as possible. Mm -hmm. And that is like that is infuriating at its core because I don't get the luxury of trying to preserve some pieces of her childhood until until I deem that she can handle it. Because the the reality is she has to be to a certain degree prepared. But I'm not even fucking prepared. I'm well, not prepared for this. I think about what one of the survivors of the of the attack was a 5-year-old girl who knew already at 5 that playing dead was going to be the best way to get out of that situation. Like she already knew at five, this little black girl in Charleston already knew at five years old how to survive a gun massacre. Like that is unconscionable to me. That's unconscionable to me. She already knew that in kindergarten when a lot of people are negotiating, you know, reading skills. Like she already knew how to survive an armed racist terrorist at five on one level i'm like you know i'm like regular person 27 year old woman i have friends i have a nice family i you know i have a job that i feel (laughs) ambivalent about sometimes and i have crushes on people that i talk to you about incessantly and i'm like a human being you know what i mean i'm like a regular human fucking being and i have like hopes and dreams and fears and all those things and um For the most part, I'm not really fucking hurting anybody, but there are people. There are still people. These are not old sons of Confederate soldiers that are slowly dying off. This boy was, what, 20 years old? He's 21. 21. There are still people who are 21 and who actively sought out a flag of Rhodesia and a flag of apartheid South Africa and, like, and proudly – sourced these things and then and then and then stitched them onto a jacket uh, and then had somebody else photograph photograph him with these things on like there are still very very young people who are interested actively interested in blowing my fucking head off just because i'm not white and i exist like if you don't understand that this is where the fuck we are I don't know what else to tell you because that's all that's that's all I that's like exactly the point of understanding that I'm presently at. And that's all I have for you. Yeah. So miss me with that fucking race blind shit. Miss me with that fucking. Sorry. I hate to apologize. I hate to apologize to other black folks. And I hate to apologize to uh, uh, my Christian brothers and sisters. But um, fuck, fuck that forgiveness bullshit. There's already people talking about we forgive you and shit like that. Fuck that. I think it's important for people like if you if 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 forgiveness is how. You can get through <laughs> more power to you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I get that. Um, I like don't. You said, I give I you mean, a lot of credit because I don't. No, I mean, I do understand. I'm not there, though. So anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that's kind of where we're at on that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're not like we said, we're not going to there's not going to be a whole episode on this because uh, we don't have we don't have the space. We don't have the bandwidth. And on that note, I think we should actually take a quick break. Yeah. Hi, guys. It's Brittany, and I've got a few questions. Will you be in the San Fran area on Saturday, June 27th? Do you like black art? And do you at least like adult beverages? Yes? Great. Then come out and see me at the Museum of the African Diaspora's Moad After Dark event titled Portraits of the Creative Class, Gifted, Innovative, Black. I'll be speaking on a panel with director Terrence Nance, Numa Perrier of Black and Sexy TV, and esteemed Bay Area artist William Rhodes about what it means to be a Black creative these days. In addition to the panel, there will be art, music, alcohol, and lots of beautiful, brilliant Black folks sharing their knowledge and stories. Should be a good time. So if you really want to come out and meet me, and I kind of hope that you do at least, Portraits of the Creative Class will be held at Oak Stop in Oakland on Saturday, June 27th at 6 p.m. If you want to buy tickets, head to moadblackcreatives.eventbrite.com. We'll also have a link in the show notes, in our newsletter, and on our site. Please keep in mind, I do accept any and all Mexican food presents. So if you've got a spare taco in your purse, got a burrito in your bag, holler at your girl. All right, hopefully I see you guys soon. Thanks. So, 
We're back. We are back. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting that, you know, we, we've had to talk. We've talked about the things we've talked about to this point. What we prepared for for everyone today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was extremely light. Yeah. Well, actually, um, it's actually kind of funny, I guess. Before any of this happened, I think it was maybe shortly after McKinley, but before Charleston, before Khalif Browder, uh, before Rachel Dolezal. Eric suggested that we actually do an episode because, like, so many so many of our episodes are, like, about all of, like, the trials and tribulations and the most horrifying aspects of what it's like to be a black person in America on a day-to-day basis. He was like, why don't we just, like, talk about some shit that we like, like, for an episode? And I was down to do that. Um, and now, actually, I'm glad that you made that suggestion because I think that this is a week that we could use that more than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream is a total chocolate game changer. We start with unbelievably creamy dark chocolate ice cream. Then we add different chocolate treats like chocolate cookies, chocolate cake, or chocolate brownies to make four decadent chocolate flavors. Because sometimes the thing that pairs best with chocolate (laughs) is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. So, Eric, I think that you should start. So, what what am I thankful for? Yes. What do I like? Yeah. There are a few things that I feel like are essential to me mm-hmm. being Eric mm-hmm. and shaping how the world views me. Mm. But there's one tool in particular that I've for almost as almost as long as I can remember. Not not as long as I but yeah. Maybe as long as I can remember. I'm so curious. And that is the Andis T-Liner. What the fuck is that? Clippers. What? My Oh, for your face? Handy dandy Andis T-Liners. Okay. You might not know what that is, but I would guarantee that all of my brothers oh, shit. <laughs> have encountered T-Liners at least once. From an early age, they were used to give me the, the ill shape up, to give me that perfect crisp line mm-hmm. going across my forehead. <sighs> this was a long time ago. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> you're rude. But then moving on, mm-hmm. T-liners were there to save me from the ills, the tribulations of razor bumps. Wait, I have a question. So wait, do you use the same clippers at home that you had available to you at the at barbershop? The bar yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that and that's how you know like honestly that's how you know when you've taken your shit to a new level. Because you go to the barbershop and you know you're like you go you go get your shape up and you know when I was balling I would get my shape up every two weeks this is like it was like still at Howard when, when I had ball- like, okay I was gonna say I was like you when you were balling what period of life is this? <laughs> okay but go ahead sure 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 so when I was balling at Howard I would go every two weeks I go I'll go get my shape up but then I started realizing like 
you know, my like my my beard, my like goatee. Back then I had a goatee. My like goatee <laughs> was like, you know, it was growing in too quick. I was like, I really need to start taking care of this myself. And as well, some people might not know, black men, are, we are very much because our hair is, uh, you know, our facial hair is coarse and, and curly. Uh-huh. We are. We have a predisposition to razor bumps. Well, we discussed that. When we talked about Bevel in episode eight, Blacks in Tech. You know, while we definitely can shave with a straight razor, ultimately it just, you know, sometimes it can be a bad situation. Shouts out to Bevel for, you know, even though I'm not aware. Uh, <laughs> I've heard it really, really works. For it some does people. work. But anyway, at that moment, I was like, hey, I really need to do something about this myself. So I went to my barber supply store mm-hmm. and I said, I'm ready a barber supply store? What the hell is that? They sell like they sell is it, barber supplies. Wait, is it a separate place from the beauty supply? Uh, yes, because beauty supply stores. I mean, it's mostly focused on like those hair products. Barber supply, like they do have some hair products, but it's mostly equipment. What you know, they will like help maintain them. Like it's it's literally you go there, they sell the all the equipment that you would need. Interesting. I had no idea about that. I've been black twenty seven years. I didn't yeah. know about that. Yeah, now you know. Mm. So yeah, I you know, I went, I was like, I'm ready. I want my I want my T lines and I got them and it takes you know, it takes a little time. You're gonna fuck up your line at least twenty times. I fucked oh. up my line and been out here looking jank. That's how I really discovered I like hats. <laughs> I didn't know that. I just thought it was because you were balding. No, nah, I, like, I would really, because I started wearing hats at Howard a little bit. It started because I was like, damn, I've really taken my line back <laughs> in a way that like cannot be fixed. <laughs> so I was like, let me go ahead and cop this fitted. And these T-liners, man, they are essential and they, like, they just present wonders of opportunity every time I pick them up. They get a little too hot, though. A little too what? Hot. Heated. Well, because it's a mechanical device. You're literally holding on to. Oh, it's like, like your phone. If your phone gets yeah. hot when you talk on it. Yeah. So you got to like, like usually you'll like your fingers get kind of singed. You start holding it with your fingertips and still trying to like cut your hair. It's shit is rough, man. It's, I didn't know anything hard out about there. this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess it's my turn. We each prepared three things. Yes, yes. I should, Sorry, should have mentioned before. Maybe should have talked about that. I was sitting there. I was like, we should mention this. I, mean, I was I like, whatever. This, this is this is fucking good morning America. Like, <laughs> y'all, y'all here for the fucking professionalism. Oh, yeah. So, actually, I have a really good one. My first one is so good. There is this fucking amazing, and you can actually attest to this. There's this. Okay, so, like. Let me back up. Let me just pull back for a second. So we do call this show for color nerds. People are always jumping up my ass because they're like, oh, what are you so nerdy about? Honestly, because I think that my sexiness so it costs people that they're just kind of t- they're taken aback by that. And they're like, there's no way this woman is nerdy at all whatsoever. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Just, you know, just believe me. But like, OK, like, I'll be honest. Like, I realize. Last week, about Tuesday, that I don't like any sports. I haven't seen any Avengers movies. I've never watched Gotta Game of Thrones. Got to get it together. Uh, I know. I wanted to see them. I just – I go to the movies like once every six months. But like whatever. And like I'm I mean, I'm a, kind of a little bit removed, I'd say, from like the, like the present day, I will say, more dude bro masculine markers of like what people nerdiness. feel nerdiness geekdom. or nerd, yeah, geekdom is. Which like one day we're going to have a conversation about a lot of things that I'm legit nerdy about that a lot of people don't count as real just because they're feminine. But anyway, uh, one of the things I'm actually not nerdy about is comic books. I, mm. There are a few graphic novels that I really like. Shout out. Why the Last Man. Shout out Brian K. Vaughn. Mm. But I was recently pointed toward this fucking Awesome comic book. And you could agree because you've I read can it. Attest. I yeah, can you yeah, attest. you can actually test. I want to shout out my friends Jordan and Michael, who are these really cool people that live in Chicago. They were super, super nice and gifted me the first four issues of this fucking amazing comic book called Bitch Planet. Yeah. It is made by this amazing woman, Kelly Sue DeConnick, and the artist, black man, Valentine Delandro. And it's like this really cool feminist, but also women's prison heat or like caged heat, I think maybe is the movie that had Pam Greer in in the 70s. Um, There were a whole bunch of them. Yeah, like women's prison exploitation film. It's like part dystopian future, like part women's prison exploitation film, part Hunger Games, part like super awesome queer black feminist literature just it's so fucking cool like that's the best way that i can describe it and i guess like the not too distant future 
women who are non-compliant like myself. And those of you who also are familiar with the planet, you totally know what the term non-compliant means. They're sent to go live on this other planet, which is like this prison, kind of like how Florida used to be a debtor's colony back in the day. And basically, you can be non-compliant for like a host of different reasons. You can be non-compliant for not keeping your husband sexually interested by making your appearance not necessarily conventionally attractive, by gaining weight, by actually committing crimes, or just by being kind of like a loud, obnoxious, and raucous person like myself. You get locked away and you're sent to go live on Bitch Planet. I don't want to give too much away, yeah. but like... It's actually really good. I, it's really good. Like, I, I mean, I don't want to say actually like, like it's surprising, but it, no, it's really, really, really good. Yeah. Quick reads too. I mean, yeah. comic books in general, I don't know. I think this is a good entry comic book because mm-hmm. I was trying to convince... Carla to read comic books a long time ago and she was like and I and I she's the first person that I lent bitch plan to I told her I said you need to read these and then Eric can read them yeah she went through the first four issues in like almost like not even an hour she yeah. was like, she was doing it. I finished mine on a plane ride. Like I was, I got, I got them in Denver, and then before my plane ride half even over, I was sitting there and I was like, oh, I need more issues. I want to say the newest issue is coming out like this coming week, so how, I'm really excited about that. How often does she do one like a once a, once a month? Cycle? It seems like a once a, like every four to six weeks. Um, oh, wow. But yeah, and like they're pretty cheap because they're comic books. Yeah. I would say like I'll provide the link to where you can buy them online. But I think a lot of, especially if you're in a larger city, you should be able to pick them up at like your local comic book store. But oh, like I shouted out why the last man. And Brian came on. If you like that work, if you like Saga, I would say that you'll definitely like Bitch Planet. The illustration is gorgeous. The main character, Kamal Kogo, is like this fucking dope ass beautiful, strong black woman. There's Penny Roll. I don't want to give it away, but another just like, just dope, fierce, amazing, strong black woman. And then at the end, after you read the entire issue, you get to the end and there's a letter from Kelly Sue DeConnick where she sort of like talks about it. Interestingly enough, maybe some of the thoughts and, and desires that went into making that particular issue. And then after that, there's more. Mm-hmm. There's an essay. I want to say three out of four have been done by women of color. And like they had Mickey Kendall. They had Danielle Henderson. And then they had this really awesome white woman, Megan Carpentier. I've been reading her work for like seven or eight years. She did an awesome essay. So there's an essay by a feminist in the back. And then after that, they have these fake ads where like yeah, they actually okay. sell the shit. Like they'll actually sell like non-compliant fake tattoos. And people have been getting real tattoos. So they'll actually sell like garbage. You apply for them to send – like they'll sell you garbage and they'll yeah. send it to you in the mail. And like that's how like they managed to make some money, but it's really really dope. It's really cool. It's really fun. It's really like the illustrations are gorgeous. Yeah. So if you get the chance to check it out, even if you're not into comic books, like I'm not super into comic books. I would like to be, but like I'm not that cool. But <laughs> definitely, I would say like if you're, especially if, if you're a woman or you're a black woman and you feel you felt like comics were not necessarily the most welcoming place for you, um, I would say Bitch Planet is a fucking awesome place to start. I'd also say for the brothers too. Yeah, if yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of times like it's difficult. I won't say it's difficult, but, you know, it's a journey in terms of understanding how things are stacked against women. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think books like this really help to, like, showcase the irony where you might not have seen it. Like, some people just don't see how, like, crazy this shit really is. Yeah, so I I, a lot of those people. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so it's re- I think I, I, like, I really, really, really enjoyed it. It was, it was a really fun read. Yes. So, support. Yes, support, support. Back, and also, like... To the rest of my non-compliant bitches out there, I stand in the solidarity. So back to you, Eric. <laughs> well, keeping in a similar vein, my number two, mm-hmm. woke children's books. Oh, say more. Say so, more. Uh, we recently had our baby shower. It was so beautiful. Thank you. Thank it you. was. And it was book themed. Uh, we are very big book nerds. I mean, you might have been surprised considering the title for colored <laughs> nerds, but like my wife and I really lo- like we love to read. We're readers. We want to instill that, you know, that same passion and love for reading in our child and peanut. Mm-hmm. So we asked instead of cards, mm-hmm. we said, hey, everybody, get us a children's book and write like something just in the book. Write a message to peanut. Like it was overwhelming how many we got. Like we expected to get like maybe, you know, one from everybody. But we got like we got a t- some people got like two and three. Like it was really great. Like we filled up a bookshelf and it's just it's amazing to see like all the great books that we have access to read. I read to her. Yeah. And <laughs> not just us. But I was really surprised at how many of those books have done such an like excellent job at highlighting issues of race, at incorporating feminism. And a lot of other things I like to surmise as as like woke. So mm-hmm. helping you to stay woke. We we are going to make sure we raise a very woke child. Oh, yeah. In particular, there are a couple. A is for activists. Oh, yeah. That's a cute one. I don't have... Shit. I don't have... 
the author's name. We'll include it in the show notes. Yeah. A is for activists. And another one that I really, really liked is Rad American Women from A to Z. Mm. And it's, it's excellent. It's just a lot of biographies. I mean, this is probably, this is going to be like out of her reading level for a little <laughs> while. But but it's really great. You know, it profiles a lot of great American women. First one being Angela Davis. Yes. So, you know, it's it's just nice to know that, like we talked about like preserving childhood and preserving mm-hmm. like safe spaces, to know that some people have figured out ways to translate things that are important for them to know in the way that a child can appreciate. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, Woke Children's Book, thank you so much. Like, I will be, you know, I'm going to, I'm always looking to add to, like, our library. Uh-huh. We're going to get what you don't know. So, I'm about to put you up on game. Uh-oh. I'm going to make a bookshelf, like oh. a massive-ass bookshelf for our living room. I think you told me that. Oh, uh, well. Well, yeah, because you've, like, you've been really feeling yourself on your carpentry skills. Yo, my, my DIY game yeah, you've is, been... is, like, what did you make stro- too strong. Too strong. I thought everybody. I feel like everything came from IKEA. Well, most of it came from IKEA, but <laughs> <laughs> but what I uh, what we have done is like some IKEA hacks. I, oh yeah, I really enjoy IKEA hacks. You do enjoy IKEA hacks. I don't enjoy anything having to do with the putting together or moving or taking apart furniture. I mean, that part is not so fun, but it's nice to see something come from like pieces to go to something complete. You know? That's so beautiful. That's that's a good way to put it. It doesn't make you seem anal retentive at all. I like that. <laughs> Anyway, so back to you. Oh, my God. You're going to hate me for my second one. Oh, Lord. Okay, so, y'all, I rarely am wrong. (laughs) You sound like me just now. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm rarely wrong. But, like, when I am wrong, I really do like to own up to it as soon as possible because it's dickish and rude to just try to sit in the juices, just to, like, (laughs) sit in the au jus of just your wrongness. So I want to go ahead and come clean right now. I've been living 27 years on this planet, and I didn't want to listen to y'all when y'all told me that Cheez-Its. What? Yes, Cheez-Its were delicious. <laughs> the fuck? I'll tell you something right now. If you're over the age of 7 or 12, I'll bump it up. If you're over the age of 12 and you haven't tried Cheez-Its yet, don't start now because the shit is addictive. I honestly, really, and motherfucking truly... I don't know. I don't know why. I think I just used to feel weird about cheese when I was a kid because I just didn't understand where it came from, which is probably ancestral because you know that 75% yeah. of black people. Lactose intolerant. Lactose intolerant. I, I struggled. So as a child, I probably was like, mm, we didn't have cheese in Africa like this. We didn't have this cow's milk cheese. Yeah. We didn't have this orange British cheddar cheese in Africa. So let my, alone American cheese. Right, let alone American cheese, which just melts on contact of hot breath. So, like, <laughs> I don't understand that at all whatsoever. So I was very wary of cheeses. And also, I didn't like, I was a really picky eater when I was a kid. But I didn't like that peanut butter crackers. You know, sometimes peanut butter crackers would come with the cheese crackers and the peanut oh, butter. Oh, that shit was good. Well, Ooh. I mean, Ooh. like, yeah, I just wasn't, I think that, that freaked me out. Because I just thought about, like, well, would I put cheese and peanut butter together in my real life? No, so why am I eating these orange cheddar-ass <laughs> crackers with this sweet-ass peanut butter? That's nasty. I also didn't eat jelly. I, I still don't eat jelly. What? I didn't eat jelly as a child. I think it's nasty. I think jelly is... I, jam, I can kind of fuck with in what certain contexts. What the difference? No, jelly is different. Jelly has corn syrup and shit in that jam. Jam, I can kind of be okay about. Preserves. I will preserve myself. I Not myself, my body. I am preserving my body. <laughs> what did he say? Uh, I got to moisturize, moisturize my, my situation, situation and preserve my sexy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't followed Diddy on any social medium in probably six or seven years. But those I were good it. days. Yeah. <laughs> With just the plus signs, positive yeah. energy. Take that, take that, take that, take that. Yeah, no. Fuck, man. Jeez. So like, I was coming back from Denver on the same flight where I was reading Bitch Planet. And I had gotten, you know how like the Sabra hummus has like the little mm. pretzel crackers that come with it? Yeah. So they, you know, they give you too much hummus for yeah. the crackers. And you sit in there feeling like an asshole with this cup full of hummus. I Where ain't shame. Do? I dig my finger I was going to say. I, was... <laughs> <laughs> I ain't shame. But I, I paid for this shit. I'm about to eat it. I don't want to do that. I like to have a little bit of crisp with that. So like I was stressed out at the airport. I was like. Probably gonna miss my flight, I think. I was like, you know what? Today's the day I'm feeling free. Let me try these Cheez Its. Oh my God! I put them Cheez Its in the hummus? <laughs> I was on the plane. Oh my God. Oh my God. Sorry, my body is just remembering what the fuck it felt like for the first time. First of all, this is a, the corniest conversation we had up here in a long, long time. time. 
Let me tell you, I put them cheeses in this hummus, and I was sitting there reading Bitch Planet. I put this shit in my mouth. I was like, Bitch, what? Like, what? That's how I felt. I could not fucking believe how good it was. So now I'm always like standing in the bodega, like, what am I going to get? Now, a lot of times if I'm drunk and I'm inside the bodega, it's like easy decision. I'm like, let me get my 50 cent bag of Cool Ranch Doritos. Let me get my little Debbie oatmeal cream pie. Go home, take off all my clothes, get in my bed, pull the covers up under my armpits, and then just sit there with my phone in one hand and then just eating my snacks in the other until I fall asleep. Hashtag team eat alone. Hashtag single forever. Um, yeah, no, so, but now if I have a little hummus at home, I just go and get that little 50 cent bag of Cheez-Its. I'm fucking done. I bleed orange now. I'm really <laughs> thankful for Cheez-Its. And like I said, if you're over the age of 12 and you haven't had Cheez-Its yet because you thought they were nasty, don't fucking start. It's like smoking. Aren't Cheez-Its, though? They got some new Cheez-Its. I don't like flavors. What? But maybe, I don't know. It took you, me 27 years. Have you years. ever had them? Maybe when I'm like 64. I'm, is, is 27 times 264? I don't even fucking know. <laughs> It's, 54. It's, Maybe it's when Saturday I'm 50. Morning. I know. That's a good point. You guys, you're supposed to be helping Pina with her homework in like six, Not seven years. Today. You get your advocates <laughs> game together. But like when I'm 54 years old, maybe it'll take me another 27 years. Then I'll be sitting on. It's not even going to be podcasting. It's just going to be braincast. It's going to be like Apple Mindcast. <laughs> I'm going to be like, have y'all had these white cheddar Cheez-Its? No, they got the Cheez-It Puffs. It's kind of like. Nasty. No, it's good. It's kind of like nasty. a mix. At first I was like, because eh, like, I'm a purist. I'm a Pierce. That's the true. original cheese is fucking Perfect. excellent. Whoa. So anyway, the Cheez-It Puff, it's kind of like a mix of a Cheez-It and a Cheeto. And they have this new one. It's like a spicy one. It's kind of like a Chipotle. Like, and it's actually, it's pretty legit. It's pretty serious? legit. We were coming back from, from D.C. Carlos BFF got engaged. Congratulations. Congrats. And... We needed some snacks. We didn't have that much time. In Union Station, we were like, all right, we got let's just get what the fuck we can so we can get you know, throw it in the back and get on the bus. And we grabbed this big ass, like six because everything is way too fucking expensive. There's six dollar bag of cheeses. <laughs> yeah. And proceeded to destroy them on the fucking bus because they were excellent. That's interesting. Cheesy puffs, you say. Cheesy puff. All right, back back to you. <laughs> <laughs> so the last one is one that um while I'm I'm extremely thankful for it, but it is a little bit of a love-hate relationship. It's a place and a place that I've come to know far more than I have ever, ever thought that I would. And that place is... Mm, I know. I know what it is already. Ikea. I knew it. I knew, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. So, you know, I mean, everybody, everybody who isn't just balling out of control. Like me. Yeah, like, and who doesn't have, like, CB2 West L money. Right. Like. Our our house money. Yeah. Like, Raymore Flanagan money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, restoration hardware money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, if you're not balling out of control, you you know, you know that Ikea struggle. Yeah. Like, and I say struggle, but, I mean, the reality is it's a come up. You know, you can make your, you can make your place look a million combinations of nice. Mm-hmm. And not pay that much money. True. But you got to go through so much. You got to really want your apartment to be furnished cheaply. Mm-hmm. Because Ikea... Just be clear, you are referencing yourself right in that statement. You have to really want your apartment to be furnished cheaply. It's true. Like, I feel that in my bones. Do you understand? You said my hands were fucking raw the other day. Ew. Like, just... Blood red, maybe not actually bleeding, but was, blood red. I hate you <laughs> because I had to put together this changing table. It's like changing table. That's what that is. Yeah, it's a changing table. Like the top folds out into a changing table, and it's also like a dresser. And the thing about IKEA furniture is, in the instructions, they're like fifty fucking page instruction book. No words. It'll t- no words. It'll tell you to use a screwdriver. And you're always like, you know what? Fuck that shit. I'm about to use my fucking drill. And half the time, you end up screwing it in too. crooked mm-hmm. or too much. And, like, it always comes out a little jank. So I was like, this changing table, my, 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 my child is about to lay on this while, you know, I change her diapers. Yeah. And I'm not trying to have her fall on the fucking ground. No. Carla would kill me. <laughs> um, I would kill you. <laughs> so I was like, let me do this the right way. Mm-hmm. So it's like the picture 
with the little with the little like person, little IKEA person, because it's you know. Yeah. Um. I hate I hate that motherfucker. Right. Yeah. He evil. He's looking at you, smiling like. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do this shit. You about to lose like five hours <laughs> of your life. <laughs> so you know, like it said, screwdriver. So I got the fucking screwdriver. Uh-huh. I had one like little ass screwdriver, and I'm screwing all these fucking things into this particle board to make this fucking changing table and by the end literally my hands are like raw but like baby gotta have somewhere to get them diapers changed for the love of peanut for the love of peanut for the love of peanut and like i realized after the changing table it's like it's probably not going to be the last thing because as i said i'm gonna do like a massive like bookshelf installation right. in paul bunyan on yeah. it like everything in our house is fucking ikea I just realized that. I mean, it looks good. Don't get no, it twisted. No, your house looks great. Hemness? Yo, Hemness is that shit. Wait, is Hemness like the, which one is that? That's like our, our bedroom set. Okay. It's all Hemness. Oh, I haven't seen your bedroom since it's been, since we helped you move and like it was empty. Oh, bedroom's fly. Oh. Bedroom's oh, fly. Oh, <laughs> I have to check it out. But, uh, but yeah, like it, it looks so nice. And once you, like once you get it there, you know you're not going to have it for like, but like. Three years, four yeah. years. Yeah, well, it's like if you try to move more than twice with yeah. some Ikea furniture, you're going to be like, oh, my furniture's all put together. Sit down on your bed. Just be flat back on your ass. Speaking of, when we moved the, like, so we got movers for the first time. Uh-huh. Man, I ain't even lie. I felt rich. Oh, getting movers. movers is the shit. It's the shit. <laughs> Yo, change your life. Yeah. We got movers for the first time. He, he came in the bedroom. He was like, so y'all taking that bed? And we were like, yeah. Oh, I remember yeah. this. <laughs> I, yeah, we, you know, we're going to take it. He was like, nah. <laughs> and I was like, nah, what you mean? I mean, I think if you, like, if you turn it, he was like, nah, son. Like, and it's a white man I'm talking to. And he was like, he was like, look, we could, but once we get it out and to your apartment and in your apartment, it's just not going to be the same as it used to be. <laughs> he was like, I just don't think structurally it can take it. It can take it? And I was like. I looked at him. I looked in his face and I felt like in this moment I was looking into this man's soul. Yeah. And he was being as honest oh. and as careful with my own feelings oh. as he could be. He was literally saying like, bruh, bruh, it's just it's not going down. It's not going to happen. Damn. So we had to break that motherfucker down. Threw it away. I'm sorry. But we got the new hotness. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to check out because I, I, mean, I was over there for the baby shower. I was like, I was caught up. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was caught up. It was a lot. It was a lot of stuff going on, and then also like the experience. I mean, there's been like articles written about like relationship broken. That, that one, that's how I know me and Carla and it's winning mm-hmm. because we. Don't, I've been IKEA. Like I can't even fucking count how many times I've been IKEA in the past like three months. I know. Every time I talk to you, you're always like, "Oh well." After I come back from IKEA, and I'm like, "All right, goodbye, bye." Yeah. So, but we make it through. We go in there. You know, we we're focused. We got a list. We're like, we're going to do this. But you still get caught up. You want to sit on that other bed. You want to sit on that other couch and see if you want that couch. See if you want this table. See, the one time that I went to Ikea with a boyfriend, I was only buying shit for me. If you're going in kind of for your own shit, I think you can survive. If only one of you is going to Ikea to buy something and y'all can't figure it out, you need to break up because it's just not going to (laughs) work. But yeah, no, it was just stuff for me. So it was kind of stressful. But like we were still able to go to Fairway after that and flourish. Damn. Right. That's that's another like Fairway is just God. God, good God almighty. Are you have to buy cleaning products? I didn't know that you could get into a fight if whether you're like a fantastic or a 409 person or if you're a fabuloso person or actually, like literally, like I legit, I legit almost ended a relationship over being like, I didn't know when you thought she was too good for fabuloso. Fabuloso is that shit. I know. It was me. It was me. I was the, I was the person who was in the wrong. I didn't want to get fabuloso and put it on my stove immediately. You got money. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to do that immediately. <laughs> right. I had a little bit of money. Like, it's important to have the bottle of fabuloso in your house. All right. But I just didn't want to, I didn't want to start there. That's how you know you're in a safe space. When you see a bottle of fabuloso. You're like, this is for me. Yeah. Like, this is for me. <laughs> But yeah, y'all did that together for your house together. And y'all have been multiple times. That's like. Yeah. I think we'll be done with this space in like two trips. Two more trips and I think we'll be done. Yeah. But yeah, no, shout out Ikea. Actually, I will say this. You're an adult. Yeah. Wow. A zen moment. Right I know. Now. I drink out of Hello Kitty cups at my house and at work. <laughs> so. I mean, I'm drinking out of a take mug. Take that. Take that. Take that. You drink out of a cat mug. A cat mug right now. So what can I say? I'm, not, I'm say? not too much better. Okay. So this is my last one. Yes. This is corny, actually. As, I mean, yeah. you usually are. That's true. I am corny. A lot of people don't know that I'm a sensitive, corny person. 
Uh, my last thing that I'm thankful for is my friends and family, even you. <sighs> you know, this past week, this past week was rough. And, like, there were points at which, like, I think a lot of us on Thursday were at work just, like, just stressed out and just kind of, like, not able to process the news. And, like, it's been a bad couple of weeks. You had Bikini and you had Rachel Dolezal. You had Khalif Browder and you had Charlotte. And it's just been, like, one thing after another. And there have been other things, too, that have been happening. And some days I wake up and I'm just like, fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think we've I think we've actually I think we, we, we have acknowledged that. I think we've acknowledged that. But there are people in my life of all stripes and colors and ages who do a lot to mitigate the daily stress and like do a lot to mitigate just like how depressing some of this really is. And so I'm really appreciative of my friends and family for always uh, reaching out, checking up on me, you know, keeping me in good spirits and and just like holding me and and each other the fuck down. So I really, really appreciate that. And also, since we're here, really appreciate you guys, the fact that you guys, you know, listen. listen. Yeah, it really, really means a lot. I mean, the fact that like there are a lot of people who like us went to work this week and just like didn't get a chance to vent or had to hear a bunch of racist bullshit yeah. and they couldn't say or do anything about it. And I feel very, very lucky that we at least have enough of an audience that we are expected to to come and have these conversations every other week. So thank you guys a lot for listening. It really, really means a lot. We can't, I don't think we can state, I don't think we can overstate like how much we appreciate the fact that you guys like keep showing up. Definitely, definitely. I mean, we wish we could do it more often. I wish we could do it more often too. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Oh, what? Is there another thing that you're thankful for? Yes. There is one more thing that I know we're both thankful for. What's that? It's something that every time we have it, we feel a strong sense of community. Mm-hmm. We feel complete. Mm-hmm. We feel self-actualized. Like, oh. we just, as soon as we we open its container, we've just tapped into that zen moment. And do you know what that thing is? I think I might have some clue. When you said container, I knew it wasn't the blood of the lamb. (laughs) You would be right. (laughs) And that thing that we are both thankful for, I don't often speak for you, Uh is Popeye's chicken. I am inclined to 100% agree. Popeye's chicken is excellent. And we've talked about Popeye's chicken before. We have talked about Popeye's chicken before. Somewhat at length, but <laughs> somewhat at length. But I don't think I don't think we can talk about it enough. No, we can't because this show, literally, this show would not exist to a certain degree. To a certain degree, our relationship wouldn't exist. Exactly. Oh Lord, we would have never got. <laughs> no, <laughs> never would have made it. <laughs> I'm sorry. And and we're different in our expressions of Popeyes. Like you like wingtips. Wingtips, yeah, and you also like bone in chicken. I like bone in chicken. I love me. A, I like a nice mild chicken thigh. I like a thigh too. All right, well, but, one, but you know, you like I'm spicy always chicken. Spicy, and a lot of times you get the strips. I like the tenders. The tenders, like if I'm if I'm trying to be mobile, you know, uh-huh. like if I gotta do a lot. I'm going to go for the tenders because it's a very, like, it's very flexible food. It's, you don't have to go through too much. Like, your fingers aren't going to be as, like, you're not going to have the same level of, like, grease and, like, you I know. I guess you're right. Stuff. No, I know, because sometimes I'll bite into a thigh, and a thigh is, like, the fattiest and most delicious piece of chicken. Yeah. You bite into a thigh. And, like, this is disgusting that I'm saying this. And, like, but, like, everything else that I say on here, it's not going to help me fucking get married or find my husband in the future. Um, <laughs> I like it when, like, the, the skin cracks and then, like, when the chicken really hot and, like, <laughs> just, like, the juice just comes down and just hits your chin. <sighs> it just feels like home. It does feel like home. So, I guess, you know, thank you. Thank you, Popeyes. Thank you, Popeyes. Louisiana Kitchen. Sweet heat. Black and Ranch. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> it takes all kinds. But um, thank you, you guys, so much for listening. We really appreciate having you. And, uh, you know, just do whatever you need to do, man. Like, if you feel like talking about it, talk about it. If you don't feel like talking about it, you don't have to. And um, if you feel like you got to eat some chicken, eat some chicken. If you feel like you want to eat some Cheez-Its. If you feel like you want to get box braids. Um, (laughs) No, some of you can. We already discussed those of you who shouldn't do that. 
Phone uh, a friend. <laughs> you always have the available option uh, to phone a friend. So, yes, you know, just stay safe and as best you can. And sometimes that feels like a futile thing to say. We care if nobody else does. Yeah. So the the one thing that actually this is actually the last thing. The uh-huh. one thing I do want to say before we go, if you appreciate us talking at length about Cheez-Its and Ikea mm-hmm. and occasionally issues of the day, please, 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 please. Yes. Rate, review, subscribe. Yes. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye. Peace. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.